Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. We're diving back into the brunch realm today as we bring on the owner of a new breakfast spot in town. It just opened in February, but it's already really caught the eyes and the stomachs of Omahans and really just kind of captured their attention. That is good looking. Uh, a new restaurant in Dundee, and we have the owner, Christian Brayback here. Christian, welcome to the show. Dan, thank you for having me. I love listening to your podcast, man. I'm excited to be here. Well, thank you. I, I really appreciate that. So I, I just want to dive right in and, and kind of give you an opportunity to introduce Good Looking to anyone who hasn't been there, or maybe someone who has been there and has more dishes yet to try. But obviously, there are a lot of options when it comes to breakfast and brunch in Omaha, and a lot of different varieties what do you think makes good looking different like what is your value proposition i guess yeah absolutely so uh we really focus on i mean obviously breakfast and lunch and we focus on bringing a mix of kind of creative um healthy options that are full flavored but also not going to make you feel heavy or tired after you eat them um and then also your uh, midwestern classics is kind of what i say and we try to elevate those just a little bit so um you know with our chicken fried steak for example we're using a wagyu steak for that with a otili chorizo gravy and so um you know we could we could cut back a little bit on some of those things but we really wanted to make sure that if you came and you got the chicken fried steak and you're a chicken fried steak guy who gets it everywhere that when you try it with us it's going to be something special and something different um maybe a flavor profile you haven't had before so um and you know our motto for the restaurant our tagline is going to be uh, the best part of your day cafe and kind of where that came from is really wanting you when you dine with us to walk away and at the end of the day be like dining there was my favorite part of my day out of everything I did, it really made me happy to go there. I felt great. Um, and that's kind of where the name comes from also, good looking. It's more about, it's less about functionality, you know, such as naming it, uh, you know, Christian's Cafe, <laughs> yeah. um, which I've, I love my cafes. I love my diners. But uh, I wanted something that more so evoked kind of a, a feeling and an emotion. And so good looking, you know, it's nice when someone says, hey, good looking, or hey, you're, you're good looking, and gives you a compliment. And so I want you to feel kind of that way walking out of the restaurant. Just like, just want you to feel good um, about the food, about the ambiance, about the service you receive. And so it's something we, we work towards um, and try to provide for our guests. I love that you led off by saying that it's kind of a combination of, you know, the different styles of breakfast spots, because that's the thing that really stood out to me from studying the menu before I even visited and in the couple times I've visited since then is I feel like there are kind of, I feel like breakfast spots kind of fall into three different buckets. You have like your greasy spoon breakfast spots, you know, that are often offering flapjacks and, you know, sausage and eggs and stuff like that. You've got kind of the new school breakfast spots that are doing kind of like unique twists on the classics, breakfast burritos, stuff like that. And then you've got like kind of like the fitness guru spots that are doing like, you know, rice bowls and quinoa. Yeah, and and stuff like that. Healthier options, avocado toast, things like that. And I'm all for it. Yeah. And the unique thing about good looking is, you kind of have all those things on the menu. You have options for kind of every one of those buckets. Was that an intentional strategy going in? It really was. You know, it's something that um, I personally 
um, when my wife and I go out to eat, which we love going out to eat, um, we lived in Phoenix for three years and that was kind of how we got to learn the city was just eating everywhere. Um, and I ended up starting an Instagram account cause I'm like taking personal photos of everything. And oh, I'm like, we'll, we'll get just... to eat the plate. Okay. Yeah, okay. We're getting there. Don't worry. <laughs> uh Oh, all right. Good, good. Um, no, but we, uh, I, I really enjoy going out and being able to, you know, whether it's my wife or I, we both like to eat and either we go all in on something that's really going to kind of fill the belly and, and warm you on the inside, or we like to eat something that's healthier and lighter. We're kind of on the extremes usually. And so that's kind of where I wanted this menu to come from. It's everything on the menu is either going to be, um, you know, really hearty and soul warming and really full flavored, or it's going to be um, healthier and creative and uh, and I wanted that full kind of range of things. I didn't really want to so much meat in the middle on those items. So I didn't want to do like a whole grain biscuit with turkey gravy. Um, nothing against anyone who might do that. I'm sure there's some people who crush something like that out there. But um, we really wanted to just be all in on either the the full flavored hearty meal or the lighter, healthy, creative options. Um, and that's kind of where that balance comes from in the menu. I love that. I, I, I really do love that so much because I think it is it's so hard to to go into both of those extremes. I feel like a lot of restaurants that do it kind of end up getting halfway there on both ends where they'll have healthy options that aren't flavorful at all and then they'll have, you know, uh you know, their less healthy options just, you know, th- they feel like they're like 80% of the way there but yeah. they don't quite get there. I think you guys do. And I've I've had a lot of different menu items and I do feel like there's – you find a way to strike that good balance where if somebody wants to go in and just have that greasy spoon, hearty breakfast where I'm not going to want to eat until uh, – eat again <laughs> until time. 7 o'clock. Yeah. yeah, I'll be good. <laughs> or somebody can be like, hey, I've, I've got yoga class in an hour, but I want something to fill up before I go hit that. Yeah. You provide those options. Uh, just that, – that, it's just such a unique concept. Why do yeah. you think that that's not – done more often is it just because it's such a difficult thing to attain i think it is i think um one reason we're able to be successful at it is we try to have a smaller menu um you know we don't have a ton of menu items um you know you'll notice that we don't have actually don't currently have any omelets on the menu or we just started doing um, a special with eggs benedict that might end up sticking around because it went over really well but we wanted to have a more limited menu and so that we could really focus on doing everything on our menu super well. Um, and I think that kind of allowed us to take the time with each dish, whether it was a really hearty dish or a really healthy dish, um, and be able to make sure it had flavor, creativity, could be executed really well, um, could be consistent. Um, and so, yeah, you know, we've, we've gotten dinged a couple times and not having a huge menu, which I totally understand that. And, uh, and, but at the same time, we've also gotten a lot of good feedback on it, on, on the things that we do have. And so it's, uh, yeah, you know, it's just finding that balance and, and understanding, um, kind of what we want to be and, and that we want to do everything really well, even if it means not having a ton of options. Um, but everything can change also. We're, we're staying kind of dynamic. It's this day and age, you have to be able to kind of adjust and take feedback and figure out whether it's something you can use or something that is too off-brand for you. And so, um, yeah, but to go back to your question, I think just kind of focusing on a more limited menu has really allowed us to do kind of everything well. And I, I love that. Personally, I 
am much more likely to visit a restaurant that has 10 menu items than 50 because I know yeah. that those 10 menu items are things that they're really focusing on and they're perfecting versus 50. They're just, they're trying to throw some, something out there for everyone. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that restaurants that have a ton of menu items are bad by any means. They sure. can still be very good, but I always appreciate places that really put their stamp and say, these are our signature dishes. We believe in them. Maybe we don't have a ton of options, but we can guarantee if you order one of these, we feel confident that you'll like it. Yeah. So I I love that strategy. I mean, you look at Cheesecake Factory, and obviously everyone goes around <laughs> yeah. about the size of their menu, but look how successful they are, too. Yeah. So, you know, they've figured that out for them. That's who they are, and it works really well. And, you know, I do think there's a difference when someone looks at a menu with a lot of, of menu items and, you know, they have a hard time choosing off of that menu versus a menu that has, you know, 10 menu items, but everything is so good that they have a hard time choosing off of that. Just a different guest experience. I think one's maybe a little overwhelming. The other one's almost like you're so excited about everything that you have a hard time choosing. And so, um, yeah, it's little things like that. That's always interesting to think about um, when it comes to the full experience someone has in your restaurant. Mm -hmm. Now, you personally, you've, you've worked in the restaurant industry for several years, but this was the first time you opened a restaurant for yourself what do you think was the most important thing you learned during this whole process of opening Good Looking? Oh, man. Uh, there's been so much that I've learned and continued to learn. I it, My background is more so the business marketing side of mm -hmm. restaurants. Um, and uh, and I've obviously always worked with the operations side and the culinary side. Um, kind of my position has been at a little bit of a crossroads between all the different departments. Um but I think I've, you know, I, I've learned that uh, I always have loved my operators, my, my operations guys, and I have always respected them, and I respect the crap out of them even more now. Being on the side of the, the operations um, and culinary and the day-to-day -day, um, tasks that are needed to open a restaurant and run a restaurant. And so it's, uh, it's, it's taught me to always be open to ideas and... Uh, always be willing to learn. And, uh, you know, I thought I knew about a lot about restaurants and this has just taught me this whole new world that I was not, uh, you know, super familiar with. And so, um, it's been incredible and it's been challenging and it's been exciting and, uh, it's been all the emotions and, uh, and I have such an amazing team with me at the restaurant. Um, my executive chef, David Megan has been with me since the first day that we got into that restaurant. And, uh, He's been incredible when it came to kind of me explaining my vision to him um, and then him actually executing that menu and creating it. And so um, I have the utmost trust in him and, uh, and am so excited to have him kind of as a partner on this journey right now. And, uh, and I mean, I guess that's one thing also is just, you know, trusting the people that you're working with, um, you know, hiring well, knowing that who you have is going to be able to kind of uphold their end of, of the duties and the tasks day to day. And, uh, and yeah, it's, it's, it's all about the team. It's, it's not one individual. It's kind of the whole crew that really uh, keeps the ship afloat and going. So you just perfectly segued into something that I wanted to talk about in that obviously when you start a restaurant, you have an idea of what you want it to be. You have this concept in your mind. I'm assuming You've had it for a long time, and it's probably been reworked in your mind hundreds and hundreds of times. You've talked to different people about it, and once you actually decide to go for it, it's like, yes, I know what I want this thing to be. So as you're 
working with David, the chef, and you're working with, you know, the designers of the restaurant and everything, kind of what's that balance between holding true to your vision and what you've always believed good looking was going to be and listening to these other experts in these specific areas, you know, when David says, hey, you know, maybe we want to do a smaller menu or, you know, I want to tweak this on a dish or yeah. and the designer says, you know, we, we actually need to arrange the tables in, in this area or something like that. Like, what's that balance between holding true to your vision and listening to your team around you that you said you've developed trust with, but, you know, you, like, how do, how do you balance that? Yeah, yeah. Um, that's another thing. It's I'm, I'm constantly working on myself. Um, and I know David would be laughing right now because we have conversations daily where it's like, you know, should we do this or should we do that? What's going to be best? Um, what's on brand versus what's, best for the business. And, um, and so I definitely have had a vision for this concept for a while. Um, I've always been toying around with wanting to do my own restaurant and never knew if it would happen or when it would happen. Um, and, uh, you know, during COVID it was like, well, if I were to open a restaurant right now, should I do something that's more convenience based, more, you know, have a drive through delivery, um, which obviously helped a lot of restaurants get through COVID. Uh, but then this Baylor Rose space came up, um, in Dundee, and, uh, and it was just the perfect space for this concept. And so move forward with, with good looking and, uh, and it, it is a challenge. It's, it takes a lot of kind of self-awareness to, uh, take feedback and, and look at it, uh, from like a third person view and not take it emotionally or anything like that. Um, and like I said, something I'm, I'm still personally still working on a lot. And, uh, and, and so, it, like I said, we're constantly trying to reevaluate and see what's best, listen to feedback from guests, but still stay true to ourselves, um, and do what's best kind of for everyone. And so, um, I would say it's one of the biggest challenges, honestly, it's, it's kind of like taking the old and trying to do some new things, but staying true. And so, um, yeah, I don't, I haven't perfectly figured it out yet, but a big part of that is just making sure that you have a team that you trust from the beginning. And so if they do bring an idea up, it's like, you know, I know this is coming from a place of, um, experience and, and from a good place, what's best for the business. Um, and then, you know, making a move on that and trying it out. You talked about this a little bit from the jump, but I, I want to dive a little bit deeper into it. How important is it as a new restaurant to kind of remain mobile in that you're not, you know, set in your ways. You come in with an idea, you know, with your team of what you want the restaurant to be, but you listen to customers about what they're saying. You, you take a look at processes and you say, man, we, this was a really good idea in concept, but maybe it's not working in theory. Like how, how do you develop that, uh, that personality to just be able to adjust on the fly and know when things should be changed and when you should hold true to what you originally wanted to do. Yeah. I think a big part of that is just from the get go, trying to have as clear of a vision as possible and a clear of, of a, of a kind of value proposition um, as possible. And so, you know, for us, that best part of your day cafe is really what we try to stick to. So it's like, you know, everything that we're looking at, it's like, is this going to truly make the guest experience better? Is it going to be a positive for them? Um, you know, it's, it's, you know, if we're getting feedback from a hundred people that we need to 
put on a um, chocolate chip muffin onto the menu, then it's like, okay, that's that's a pretty strong case for it. But if it's a few people, it's you know it can still be relevant, but uh, but you have to kind of examine it through that lens of you know what are we trying to accomplish in the long run? How are we going to get there? Um, but I think yeah, just kind of making sure that you really understand who you are and what you want to achieve, and then being able to look at every bit of feedback through that lens kind of helps you get there. Now, looking at your background specifically, you know, I think you've always had a love for food just based off of this concept, based off your Instagram account, like you talked about. Um, but you did, your career didn't originally start in that. You originally started in marketing uh, with Herdat, and then you were also the official DJ of Nebraska football, <laughs> apparently, was. according to your resumes. A little sidetrack there. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, I mean, I'm sure that's a story in and of itself, but how did you kind of find your way into food marketing? Because I feel like after that, that's kind of when your career started going more in the direction towards where it is now. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I uh, grew up in Lincoln and uh, went to the university there, got a degree in marketing from UNL. And then um, after college, I did some DJing. I DJed in college, and that's kind of how the Nebraska football thing came along. Uh and then after that, wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. Had a buddy recommend um, this job opening for a company in, in Lincoln um, who they originally franchised a bunch of Applebee's early on. And then um, they ended up selling that and starting kind of a smaller restaurant company franchising some other concepts. And so I came in once they sold all the Applebee's as their marketing manager. Um, and it was basically myself doing marketing, one guy in HR, one guy in finance, um, one lady in accounting, um, and then the owner. And we kind of were the, the restaurant team for these few concepts they were franchising. Um, and at that time, I really didn't know that I wanted to do restaurants or restaurant marketing for a living. But I pretty quickly realized that I enjoyed working in restaurants, um, even if it was at the you know more corporate level, um, that I personally had a passion for food and for what a really good restaurant experience could do for someone. Um, I mean, it literally could, you know, change their day, change their week, change their life possibly. Um, and it's something that I'm passionate about. And, and, you know, whenever I travel, whenever my wife and I travel, it's usually based around where are we going to eat? Um, where's the best food at? Same. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I believe that. And, and so, um, all, you know, all of a sudden it was like, oh, my gosh, it was kind of an epiphany. Like, I love restaurants. I should stick in this and keep doing it. And so from there, I worked for um, P.F. Chang's in Scottsdale and another restaurant group in, in Phoenix. Um, and I came back and worked for Flagship Restaurant Group for a while um, before, you know, now owning, uh, owning my own restaurant. And so, um, yeah, it wasn't an immediate uh, thing I knew that I wanted to do restaurants. But as soon as I got just a little taste of it, it was like, oh, my gosh, I love this. Like, this is something I can get behind. Um, and it's actually funny. My... Uh, I feel like one way of knowing what you need to be doing in life is when you're the most passionate person about that topic around your friend group, especially. And so my friends were always like, dude, you talk about food so much. Like you are like, you're telling me about these like mozzarella sticks and, and like, I didn't know that it's really interesting. And now I'm really into mozzarella sticks, but like, uh, you just, you care so much about food. And like, it was another epiphany. I was like, oh my gosh, I need to be doing this like for a living. Um, cause I love it so much. And so, uh, yeah, good looking is this kind of my, my first attempt to create that experience for other people, um, that I love having myself in, in restaurants. 
This is hitting a little too close to home right now. I think I'm about to quit and just go over my own breakfast place right now. That this is this is the path. Let's do it. <laughs> um, I think something that I really like about your background is so many chefs and restaurateurs, they open a restaurant because they love food, but they are really, really focused on the food itself, where owning a restaurant is so much more about what comes out of the kitchen. There's service to think about there's the space itself there's the ambiance and really one of the most important things is the marketing how much do you think your marketing background kind of informed this decision and has helped good look and get up get off to such a good start i think it's been really really helpful um you know purely from the marketing perspective and from the kind of having a a good start um I uh, I do some photography on my own, so I do our photography for Good Looking. Um, you do a great job. Thank you, thank you. I I people consume food visually first. People are on Yelp or uh, Instagram or Facebook looking at photos first, and so it's a key element to you know kind of any any restaurant or any business's marketing plan. And so um, I'm able to do some photos for us, uh, manage our social accounts. Um, I created our website for us. And, um, and so it's been a huge help from that perspective. Um, but kind of going back to like how important your team is that you hire, um, I'm not super familiar as familiar with the operation side of things. And so, uh, I've been learning as fast as I can, and I've been trying to listen to my team as much as possible and learning along the way and working together to get things figured out. Um, and so, yeah, it's like, I, I have this one area covered with marketing and I'm trying to learn, um, the other side of things with operations, um, and, uh, and my, you know, my culinary solid with David there. And obviously he has kind of the whole operations mindset as well. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a big help having the marketing, but there's still lots of other aspects, like you mentioned that, uh, are getting a big focus right now. Now, obviously I'm not asking you to call out any restaurants personally or anything like that, but when you look at restaurant marketing as a whole and you're, you know, scrolling through different Instagram accounts or Facebook accounts or anything like that, what do you think is the number one thing most restaurants miss with marketing? Sure. Yeah. I, so me personally, kind of as, as a, a philosophy, um, when it comes to restaurant marketing and kind of your social handles, um, I am a fan of not having an account that's just full of like macro food porn shots. So like super close up, extra cheesy, extra saucy shots. Like those do really well. Don't get me wrong. They're great. But, um, I personally, when I browse through a profile, I like to see, um, a lot of like other atmosphere shots of the space or I like people shots. Also, I like to see the employees, um, or, you know, guests, if you're able to get a photo of them and get their permission. But, um, I like to see kind of a mix of all of that because it's not usually just the food that a restaurant gets, uh, popular for it's the ambiance. It's the experience, the, the customer experience in there. Um, and so I think that should also come through in marketing. Um, and so that you're able to experience kind of the full, um, you know, three dimensional experience outside of the restaurant. Um, so yeah, I'm big on, on the experience, the people and the food all being included in the marketing. So we've talked about the food at good looking talk, talk to me about the atmosphere that you try to create there. Yeah, well, we once again, got really lucky with the restaurant space we got into. Um, it had been renovated. It's a 104-year-old building. It had been renovated from an office space into the previous restaurant only about five years ago now, I think. Um, 
And so, you know, the, the brick that's there, the wood, the floor to ceiling windows at the front of the restaurant, all that kind of gave us a huge head start when it came to the ambiance thing, because to walk into that and just have that there, what we tried to do then is just throw our flair on the space. So it, it, you know, was different from the previous restaurant and it felt like, um, the brand that you were seeing online when it came to like the bright, fun, colorful, uh, food and, and atmosphere. So we, you know, got a really cool, um, heavy duty vinyl tile, basically. It's, it's literally a tile that's meant to go on like existing tiles in like a kitchen space, um, and withstand people walking on it and being washed and everything. So it's really heavy duty. And we put that on the front of the bar, um, so that we didn't have to kind of spend the money and time on traditional tile but we still got the same feel and kind of durability and so that added a really fun bright pop to the space um you know on top of the brick and the wood and um did new light fixtures um and it's something we're still building out ourselves um it you know as everyone knows costs a lot of money to open a restaurant and so we are kind of prioritizing things uh, as, as much as we can while still trying to make sure the whole experience is complete. And so there's still some little things we need to add into the space, but, um, but overall we're, we're mostly there and I feel pretty good about it. And, uh, yeah, we just want you to feel comfortable in there. I feel like it's, it's unique, um, not too polarizing, um, or in your face, um, but still different than other places. I will say, and I really like the ambiance at, at Good Looking. It's it's fantastic. I think it's very homey. It's perfect for brunch. The space could be completely empty, and you could have that one picture of Albert Einstein like doing a crossover <laughs> that you yeah. have on your wall, and I would be happy. That is like my favorite piece of artwork I've ever seen. I that was that was one that as soon as I saw it, I was like, it's going up. We're yes, buying that. Yes, buy now. <laughs> yes, that's one that you don't even think about. You just put it in your cart and purchase right away. <laughs> so you mentioned. Um, before you opened Good Look and you were working with a flagship restaurant group, which people in Omaha, I'm sure, are very familiar with uh, those different concepts. At what point did the idea, and maybe it wasn't even Good Looking at that point, but just the idea of opening your own restaurant, when did that start to arise in your mind? It's it's really been on my mind for, honestly, I would say years. Um, I've always um, had visions of different concepts that I would do. Um, and, and wanted to open, and it was really just kind of a matter of when would the stars align. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I didn't. I've had conversations with friends who are chefs over the years, and just kind of gauged interest in, in people uh, to see who might be a good partner. And um, you know, as funny as it seems, part of me was hoping with COVID that there might be a silver lining of finding a restaurant space that I could get into that normally I may not be able to get into. Um, and uh, like I said, the stars kind of aligned and, and happened to get into this restaurant space. And, uh, at, at, you know, in the middle of a pandemic, which a lot of people I talk to who have been in the industry a lot longer than me are like, what are you doing opening a restaurant in a pandemic? <laughs> I'm like, I know, I know. It just, but it, but it feels right. And I, I think that we might be able to time this right so that, we hit the, you know, hopefully hit the back end of this, um, and, and can make it. And so, um, yeah, it just kind of all happened all of a sudden. And, uh, and here we are today. Now, obviously as someone who's worked in the restaurant industry for many years, you know how dangerous this business can be and that so many restaurants, even very good restaurants fail or for a number of reasons. It's, it's a very, it's a very tough industry to enter. How did you kind of 
guard yourself and use your past experiences to ensure that good looking wouldn't fall into those same pitfalls? I think it's a big part of that is um, finding that balance that we talked about earlier of having the vision, having the concept, the thing that you're really passionate about and want to do, but also being mindful of the business aspect of things. And so making sure that um, even though you have this big creative idea that, you know, you think everyone's going to love, if they don't, if there's certain things that aren't going well, being willing and open to making adjustments away from your dream and, and what you thought it could be. Um, and, uh, and so that's, that's been a big thing that we still, um, daily talk about the restaurant. Like what, what else could we be doing to make this better for our guests, make it better for us, make sure that we're here for a long time. Um, and it's it's definitely it's definitely hard, and especially with you know with COVID and with you know the weather that we've had the first month and a half that we've been open has been a roller coaster. It was like massive snowstorm first weekend. It was negative thirty the next weekend. It was a beautiful Saturday after that, and then six inches of snow unexpectedly on Sunday. Um, and then it was you know seventy degrees, and now it's like forty degrees and, and cloudy and rainy. And so, um, but those are all things that you just kind of have to expect are going to happen to some degree. And so it's, you know, you just have to stay nimble and, and open-minded to things um, and be kind of honest with yourself when there's tough decisions that have to be made. Mm -hmm. I think Good Looking has done a really good job of really exploding out of the blocks when it comes to just the customer feedback that I've seen, my personal experiences, what you guys have done on social media. I think everything that I've seen has been you know, a, a very strong success so far. And I'm sure, you know, there are things that you've seen that you want to get corrected and, sure. and ironed out and everything. But from an outsider's perspective, things are going really, really well. That happens with a lot of restaurants where someplace opens and, you know, people start going and everybody's like, oh, you got to try this. And then there's that initial rush and everybody comes in and everybody checks out. And even if they agree it's fantastic, there can kind of be that period of like, oh, I had that. I had that experience. Now I can say I've been there. I can tell people about it, but I don't need to go back there like immediately soon. How do you kind of capture that wave and keep it from receding, but keep people coming in and kind of keep that excitement alive versus just having that new restaurant vibe? Yeah, I think the 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 foundation of that is is just overall the consistency that you provide with the experiences. So you want people to always know they can come and have the same high-level experience um, when it comes to food quality, when it comes to ambiance, when it comes to um, customer service they're going to receive. So that's kind of the foundation, just like consistency. Um, on top of it, I think uh, keeping your menu creative, um, having fun with it, doing some seasonal stuff with it, um, you know, always remembering what you're trying to do, those core values, that core mission, um, but building around that and providing kind of new things. It doesn't have to be um, radically new, uh, but just keeping things fresh a little bit. Um, and then when you're doing that stuff, I think you have to tell people about it somehow. And so that's where the marketing comes into play. That's where, you know, always staying active on social media, um, doing an email program is always really helpful, which I'm guilty. I haven't been great about that yet, but coming soon, everybody. Um, and so the marketing aspect is really big too. Um, and, and just being able to tell people, make sure you have a following that's always engaged with you and you're engaging with them. Um, 
is kind of the last piece of that. So yeah, consistency with the experience, um, some creativity around the menu and, and the experience as a whole in the restaurant, and then being able to tell people about it, I think is, is big. Well, I think a really good example of exactly what you're talking about is you guys have hosted a couple burger nights already, yeah. which is something that's very unique for a brunch concept, especially one that uh, doesn't have a burger on the traditional menu, right. but you guys, I believe, have had two so far. Yeah. Where on Thursday nights, you say, hey, you sign up, you can, you know, come get a burger. And again, you know, we talked about the Instagram photos. <laughs> You've done a phenomenal <laughs> job with those. Like anyone who looks at one of those photos of those burgers is just like, man, I got to try that. Like, yeah. wh- where did that idea arise from? I think it came from kind of what we just talked about. So just trying to do something that, um, you know, people have been to good look in a couple times, once even or three times um, and tried different things. And they know that we really take care in doing a, a high quality product, no matter what it is. And so I think throwing in something that's not on the menu um, that we're able to, you know, execute easily and at a really high level um, uh, for a pop-up uh gets people kind of excited because they're like, gosh, I've liked everything else I've had there. Like, how could you go wrong with a big juicy burger made of Wagyu beef and cheese and sauces? And so, um, yeah, really for us, it was really just about doing something off menu, something new and exciting. Um, still familiar, you know, we weren't doing some kind of crazy avant-garde dish cause that's not who we are. Um, but it was something that people could still get excited about. Um, and we actually have more pop-ups that we're going to do that are not burgers necessarily. Um, we just got in some Plum Creek chickens today. Um, and I think we're going to try to do something on Friday of this week that I'm actually going to go back to the restaurant and take some photos of. And so, um, yeah, new pop-ups coming soon. And we want to keep doing that, keep it fresh. The burger one might come back again at some point. Uh, we might, you know, keep mixing it up and trying new things. But, uh, but yeah, it's it's one of those ways that we want to keep people engaged and excited with the brand and, and provide new ways for them to experience us. Now, I think anyone who has listened to this conversation can tell that you're very passionate about food. You've talked about your passion for food. You can just hear the excitement in your voice. And that's something that very much speaks to me. I mean, clearly, I started a podcast all about <laughs> food. I can't even tell you how many hours a week I devote to this, but... I, I kind of want to take a quick detour away from the restaurant and even away kind of from your background a little bit and just talk about food in general. So you're, like I mentioned, have a great love for food. You start an Instagram account called Eat the Plate while you were in Arizona, which I ironically enough started following like several months ago just because <laughs> I was like, this looks awesome. And then I realized it was you after I met you and everything. I was like, oh, that's Christian. So wow, funny. this is a small world. But I found there was a there was an article that was um, published online during your time while you were still in Arizona where you had a couple quotes that I just absolutely loved. Uh, one was, you said, food can be so much more than nourishment for the body. I absolutely loved that. And I think that fact is lost on so many people that really just kind of view food as, you know, a, a convenience, something that they have to, you know, you just you got to eat so you can have calories you know you're just squeezing in a meal before you you know you get back to work or you get the kids to soccer practice or something like that can you kind of tell me why you believe in that philosophy that food is more than just nourishment yeah and i think that goes back um to just my personal experiences with food um and and you know 
dining at really good restaurants or just going over to a friend's house who who took the time to prepare something really delicious. Um, it's it's I mean, I literally will get emotional over food sometimes like a good restaurant experience can honestly bring me to tears. And <laughs> and uh, and so it's uh, it's and it's you know, it's more than just about how the food tastes. And, you know, some people say, like, you know, you can taste the love that grandma puts into her cooking. And there really is something to that. Um, there really is something to when someone it cares so much about what they're going to provide to somebody else um, when it comes to food. And it's, I just, like I said, I want people to experience that with good looking. Um, I want them to just like everything, just when you're in there, just feels like it's clicking. You feel happy. You feel comfortable. You're like, this is great. I feel taken care of um, because that person just checked on me with a big smile on their face. Um, This food is so fresh and like, it's so creative and thoughtful. Um, The, the, the building's so soulful and, uh, and yeah, I mean, you can have a good meal um, just for the purpose of feeding yourself and nourishing yourself, but um, it can just be so much more than that. And so it's, yeah, it's kind of almost hard to like put into words, mm-hmm. but, uh, but uh, yeah, food and food and the whole restaurant experience is just, it's a, it's a deeper meaning for me. I think a big part of it for me, especially as I've done this podcast more and more is like understanding the people behind the plate and knowing where they come from and, and knowing, you know, this is what they had to experience to get to this point. Like all these different restaurants that they worked at combined to come together to come like to make their knowledge needed to create this plate that's in front of you now. And that's that's just such an amazing thing to me. Yeah. And I just love it so much. I, I think you guys are doing a very good job at good looking at, at getting people to slow down and and not just, you know, eat food because it's calories, but actually appreciate it. What do you think it's going to take just for the general public to, to appreciate that thought more? And I know that sometimes, yeah, you don't have time to sit down for an hour meal. Like that's, that's just the reality of life. Sometimes, you know, you have a half an hour lunch break or, you know, you have to get to your next activity, but just, I I, I want people to appreciate food like as much as we do, because it's such a beautiful thing. It's like, yeah. Does it just take a special person or is there a way to convince the general public that this is like, it's something real? Yeah. And, and kind of along the same lines, um, you know, there's a lot of people who, when they think of the definition of value, when it comes to a restaurant, um, a lot of times that equates to quantity, uh, which is totally fine. There's times when that's sometimes if I'm really hungry and I want to eat a lot of food, like that's how I would define value in that moment. But for me, it's, you know, what I want to do is try to get people to see value um, when it comes to a restaurant experience, not just as quantity, but, you know, the quality, the creativity, the thoughtfulness, the soulfulness of it all. Um, and I, uh, I think one way that we can get more people to see that in food is just if the restaurant community as a whole kind of tries to elevate the experience from all angles. Um, and I think Omaha has so many amazing restaurants who are, who are doing that. And I think the more that we have do that kind of all at the same time, kind of almost, you know, together, um, the more people will, you know, go to good looking and experience an amazing brunch. Um, and then go to WD cravings and have an amazing, um, you know, sandwich or uh, chicken parm, um, go to Virtuoso and get an incredible pizza or Moots pizza. Um, 
And I think the more people experience that from different places, the more they maybe start to get it. And this is just kind of my, my theory. Um, and so it kind of takes restaurants working together when sometimes you might think that restaurants are, you know, they're all fighting for the piece of the pie. I think at the same time, we're all, all kind of working together to try to show that, you know, there's so much more that restaurants can be. Um, there's so much more to the value of a restaurant experience than just portions um, or, or quantity. Um, and so I, yeah, I thought about that too, myself. And that's kind of my theory right now is just if we all work together and elevate, then, uh, then we might be able to get people to start to see that way and see the things that we're trying to do. Well, I, I, I completely agree with that thought because, I mean, I can remember back when I went to certain restaurants where like, you know, you mentioned Virtuoso. That's one of my favorite pizza places. I remember you eat at Virtuoso all of a sudden, you don't want to go back to Little Caesars. You're like, okay, what are the other pizza places in Omaha? Okay, I got to try Paisans. I got to try Tasty Pizza. I got to get to Dante. Like, I think that having a really elevated restaurant experience can kind of open your eyes and make you want something more. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of playing along those lines, you, you mentioned how restaurants are, you know, you're kind of in competition because obviously when someone eats at a different restaurant other than your own, they're spending dollars somewhere that isn't your place. So just by nature, they are competition. But at the same time, you have to all work together. What has been the response from some other, you know, breakfast brunch places in Omaha to you and to good looking as, as you guys have kind of come onto the scene? Yeah. Uh, you know, I feel like it- it's been so busy for this first uh, month and a half and, you know, the two months before that opening. Um, I feel like I haven't had as much time to, to reach out and connect with everybody like I want to. Um, you know, but overall, people seem excited. Um, you know, right in that Dundee area that we're in on Underwood, uh, there isn't an existing breakfast um, concept right there. You know, we do have Saddle Creek and down the road not too far um, early bird, uh, over in Blackstone, but, uh, but there's nothing right there. And I think it's possible for, you know, a restaurant like ourselves, even though we do have some competition, not super far away to kind of, you know, own that little area right there and kind of make that our baseline, um, on top of trying to pull people from further away. And so, um, that's kind of our goal. And, and, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been, great so far the response that we've gotten we're super lucky and thankful for it and uh and yeah, hopefully we can keep building on that and being a part of the community and and growing one thing that i i feel like i have to ask you about because i find so interesting is that you know you've talked about your background in photography and obviously marketing you understand the value of what photos can do and i i had a food photographer on the podcast a couple of weeks ago and and we kind of talked about how like the difference that one photo can make, like if you take one awesome photo and it is just like so eye grabbing, I mean, you can get the, the impact of that is just enormous. How many people will see that and be like, I have to eat that and they'll come in and then they have a great experience and they'll tell their friend, like one photo can just have all these reverberations. And yet I see some restaurant accounts that really don't just they just don't put a lot and i know that restaurant tours are very busy chefs are very busy but some accounts don't put that time and that care into the photos and they'll snap some photos and, and they're fine or whatever but they're not of that same quality that you see i mean you can you can just tell the difference anyone sure. who's listening to this knows exactly what i'm talking about 
obviously you knew that coming into establishing good looking and anyone who goes on your Instagram account can tell that at what point in your career did you realize food photography is like this level that you have to reach if you want to be a successful restaurant? I think it was when I started, um, the Instagram account eat the plate when I was in Arizona with my wife. Um, I, you know, I just, like I said, I started posting the photos I was taking kind of just on my own for fun to an account. And all of a sudden it just started, picking up traction and you know, before I knew it I had like a thousand followers which was a big deal for me um, and then all of a sudden I started getting invited um, like I was an influencer which is so funny because I was on the marketing like in the, the business world my professional life I was a marketer hiring influencers bringing influencers <laughs> in, and all of a sudden I'm being brought in as an influencer and it was a really funny experience but um, I mean every every week we'd go to you know a couple free meals a week and take photos and share them and um, I think that really showed me the the power of good photography. Um, cause I'm not a, I'm not an amazing writer by any means. So it's not like my captions were what were capturing people's attentions. It was the food photos. And so, um, I think that was really big. And then, um, you know, one of the restaurant groups I worked at, um, I just kind of casually started doing some photography for them when we needed some quick photos. Um, and all of a sudden before I knew it, I was doing most of the photography for the brands as opposed to hiring photographers to do that. Um, and uh, just because I was so close to those brands and to the executives and I knew exactly what they wanted. Um, and so it's, it's uh, yeah, it's photography is so, so important for that initial impression with people. And, uh, but, you know, like you said, not everyone has the time um, or the, the experience to be able to do really killer photography. But I think it's super valuable to take the time, if you can, to learn the basics of good photography, um, you know, good lighting, proper exposure, some editing skills, um, and even just the minimal stuff, even just on your phone, knowing how to take a decent photo and do a little bit of editing to touch it up and then posting it can, I think, have a dramatic effect on your presence online. And then also, you know, that equates to the, the traffic you get into your business. You mentioned earlier that you know, you place a very high value on a variety of photos and, and showing a number of different aspects of the restaurant, not just food porn. What's one other tip that you would give to any restaurant who's looking to up their photo game? Yeah, let's see. Um, I mean, the, the one I feel like most actionable tip um, that will kind of get you immediately better results with photos is have proper lighting for your photos. Um, I try to do almost all of our photos towards the front of our restaurant where we have the huge floor to ceiling windows because we get awesome natural light. When I say proper lighting, uh, for me anyways, natural lighting is my favorite type of light to shoot in. Um, part of that is also I just can't afford expensive uh, you know, <laughs> photography lighting. Uh -huh. But um, you can get some really amazing photos simply by going next to a window and getting some good lighting. And so um, I would say if, if you just have a window, some good lighting, and then you're your camera on your phone, um, you can get some pretty good photos. All right. We, we've talked a lot about marketing. We've talked a lot about, you know, opening a restaurant, a lot about photography and everything. We're going to close out here with food because this is a food podcast naturally. Absolutely. And I, I have to ask you about good looking's crispy potatoes because <laughs> everything that I've had there has been very, very good. Yeah. The crispy potatoes are the thing every time where it's just like, this is the thing. I don't care what I'm ordering. A side of it is it's coming with crispy potatoes because these <laughs> things are delicious. Uh, okay. Without like asking you to like give away the secret or anything <laughs> like that, like what goes into those potatoes that makes them just so 
so desirable. Yeah, yeah. Well, we wanted we wanted to make sure we had a good potato. We wanted to make sure that um, you know, going back to the whole more limited menu, but making sure everything was high quality. Like potatoes are something people can really uh, kind of break you down on and uh and you got to have right and so uh we spent some time kind of exploring different techniques with the potatoes and landed on one where we're essentially kind of crushing it right before we fry it um and it gives us a whole bunch of little craggly bits and pieces you know so it's not a perfectly diced potato um it's not a completely smashed potato um, but the way we do it just kind of gives you these jagged edges that when you put in the fryer, those all those corners just get Fly extra crunchy. crispy bits, yep. yeah. And then we toss it with some um, herb salt right after it comes out, um, and then put it in a bowl and put it on your plate and bring it out to you. And so um, it's really about the process. There's no like special ingredient. It's just the process uh, happens to work really well to get them crunchy and and uh, and tasty. There's a reason I saved that question for the end because I feel like if I would have asked it first, you drew every, it on your mic. Well, that and everybody just would have stopped listening and they would have been like, "Forget this! I'm just going to the restaurant. I don't need to listen to anything else." Thank you for doing that. So ben. there are plenty of reasons to go to Good Looking. Go and get the crispy potatoes. Whatever else you order, just trust me. Yeah, it's, it, they're very, very, very good. And you can get them topped with. Um, Creme fraiche and bacon jam also. It's kind of like and, and chives, which is kind of how we do like a loaded potato. It's just kind of a, a little bit of a jazz up of uh, from the regular order. So if you're if you're feeling a little adventurous, get them loaded with the creme fraiche, bacon jam, and chives. Okay, well that's just mean now because <laughs> brought, we're, we're, we're in my pocket for you. We're sitting here at you know three o'clock in the afternoon. And I don't have a crispy potato with bacon jam on top of it, and now that's all I can think about. Anyway, Christian, thank you so much for for joining me today on the show. Um, I'm a big fan of Good Looking. Uh, you know, been there several times already. It's it's been absolutely delicious every time. It's fun to see a restaurant really just hit it right out of the gates. And I think you guys have done that. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah. Thank you, Dan. I'm excited to, uh, to have the opportunity to chat with you and thanks for all that you do as well. It's, uh, it's good to meet you in person and, uh, and hopefully I'll see you again soon. Yeah, maybe meet outside the Moots Pizza truck again sometime. We did meet outside of Moots Pizza. That'll probably happen soon, let's be honest. Shout out to Moots. Moots. Great pizza. (laughs) All right, Omaha. As always, thanks for eating with us. A Huda Media Production.